0: All right. So take your Bibles and turn to the book of James, chapter one, verse twelve. We're going to go through the book of James, even if it means one verse at a time. And uh, so that's what we're going to do this morning. James one twelve. I've got a new uh, slide up here for you. We're going to take this verse apart and uh, just learn all that God wants us to learn from it. So let me read it for you while the offering's being taken. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So, as we go through the book of James. Um, really one of the key words in the book of James is the word faith. He talks about faith. Back in uh, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at James 1-2, where he says that the trials that we go through are tests of our faith. Um, and so faith is going to be a real critical word as we go through the book of James, especially when we get to chapter 2, where basically James says, don't just tell me you have faith, show me. James is all about showing our faith, not just talking about it, but actually reflecting it and demonstrating it. And in this verse here, he says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. So if you actually go back to the previous part of chapter 1, uh, let, me, let me go back there with you in verses 2 through 4. He talks about faith, and he talks about trials, and he talks about endurance. And then starting in, cha- in verse 5 and going down through verse 11, he actually takes a little aside there. But in verse 12, he actually comes back to where he started. And that's talking about faith. It's talking about trials. And it's talking about this whole idea of endurance or perseverance. So in James 1, 2, he says... Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. So we've got that word up here. Knowing that the testing of your faith, and we've actually got that word up here, though it's translated approve, the testing of your faith produces endurance. And that's the same word as our word persevere. So we've got two words translated, depending on your Bible translation, endurance and perseverance. And what do those words mean? Endurance now they're not they're really not different, okay? They're the same Greek word, two English words that they use. What are we talking about? Endurance, perseverance to continue on, regardless of circumstances, okay? Perseverance, perseverance. That's perseverance, yeah. Perseverance and endurance have a time element to them. Endurance, as we've talked about before, has that D-U-R-E insert in it where we have duration and durable and things that last. Perseverance, like Joe said, is the ability to keep moving on in spite of affliction, hardship, and... uh, Yeah, Sadie, please. Steadfast. Remain steadfast. So what? what is... Uh, now, remaining is as opposed to what? Steadfast is what? Being... When something is held fast, it's secure, it doesn't move. Steady. And... This, this whole idea of no matter what comes your way, you remain strong and you don't get, if I can use this phrase, you don't get pushed around. This perseverance that James talks about in verse 12 and also in verses 2 and 3 is the result of faith three words that we're going to talk about from these verses. James 1, 2 through 4 and James 1, 12, and it's repeated again in James chapter 5. The word faith, the word test, and the word endurance. And in James 1, 12, we continue this idea of talking about perseverance with a blessing. And I've broken down the verse in different colors here for you just to show the different parts of it that I want to uh, talk about this morning. Blessed, that's where it begins, blessed. Have you ever heard of the Beatitudes? What are the Beatitudes? Or give me a Beatitude, not an attitude, a Beatitude, all right? Blessed are those who are poor for, and then they will inherit the kingdom of God the way Beatitudes work are they begin like this, blessed are and then it describes or introduces the one who is blessed and then it introduces the actual blessing. And that's what we have here as well. Another Beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart. So the blessing is for the pure in heart, but the blessing itself is they will see God. This is a blessing for people, an individual, who perseveres under trial. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. A man who perseveres under trial. That's what James is talking about. In our, in our lives... 2019 what kind of trials do we encounter that we have to persevere through or endure just every day uh just give me the top of your list okay and those are trials yeah okay Trials and trying, they try your patience, they try your wisdom, and uh, trials are basically different pressures that we go through. In the book of James, the people to whom he's writing, their trials were things like because of their faith in Jesus Christ, they were driven from their homes, sometimes their families. They had to leave their home, homelands and they were scattered throughout the Roman Empire. That means they'd lost their jobs. They were were, uh, uh, not fugitives. What's the word? What? Uh, Refugees? Yeah, kind of like refugees, yes. Okay? That's the kind of suffering that they were going through. And what James is going to talk about here is that there is a blessing that God is going to give for the one who perseveres under trial. And the blessing is, in pink up here, he will receive the crown of life. Now, I do have this this part right here. I'm going to take that out, okay? I don't want that in there. I'll come back to it. But right now, I want you to read the verse without that part. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for he will receive the crown of life. All right? So it's like a straightforward promise. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for he will receive the crown of life. I want to talk right now about what the blessing is. And it's the receiving of the crown of life. What is the crown of life? Well, it's used in two places in the Bible, and your Bibles may have a cross-reference. The second place is in Revelation 2.10. Let's go there. Revelation 2.10. In these two verses, James 1.12 and Revelation 2.10, there are promises given that relate to a crown of life. Jesus, speaking to the church in the town of Smyrna, which is in Turkey, says in verse 10, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life the crown of life a gift from god first of all in james 1:12 to those who persevere under trial and second of all in revelation 2:10 to those who remain faithful until death those are the ones who are blessed with the crown of life now we're going to just kind of talk a little bit about is this an actual crown or is this symbolic of something different? But before we do that, I want to take us to a couple other places that talk about crowns. Second Timothy 4.8. So let's go there. Second Timothy 4.8. Second Timothy is the last letter that the Apostle Paul wrote before he died. He's passing on his ministry, so to speak, to the, a young man by the name of Timothy. In 2 Timothy 4, I'll start with verse 6. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. And in verses 7 and 8, we might have uh, what we might call Paul's eulogy, even, because this is uh, among his last words before he died. He says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. The crown of life in James 1.12, the crown of righteousness in 2 Timothy 4.8, and we have a third crown, and so, if you just kind of uh, hold your spot in the 2nd Timothy passage, and you can either turn with me or I'll read 1st Peter 5, uh, the first uh, couple of verses here. 1st Timothy 5, I'm sorry, 1st Peter 5, 1st Peter 5, the first four or five verses are addressed specifically to the elders of the church. So this is a very uh, restricted context to those who are leaders in the church. And Peter says, under the inspiration of the Lord, in verse 2, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, not as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So now we've got three crowns. We've got the crown of life, we've got the crown of righteousness, and we've got the crown of glory. And if uh, we were able to put all three of these verses up here together, um, we would find out that these crowns are all awarded... At the same time. In 2 Timothy 4.8 Paul says. On that day. Alright. He, ju- he simply describes it as. On that day. In verse uh, 2 Timothy 4.8. In the future. So we know it's future. There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. Which the Lord will ri- uh, The righteous judge will award to me. On that day. And not only me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. What's the day that he's referring to? The day of the Lord's return. The day of his, uh, uh, um, as it says there in verse 8, the day of his appearing. 1 Peter five four that I just read, talking to the elders, it says, You will receive the crown of glory when? When the chief shepherd appears. Revelation 2.10 Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. When is that crown received? Sometime after death. James 1.12 Our verse here When do those who persevere under trial receive the crown of life? Once you have been approved. That's where that little phrase fits in. Once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. So it's not simply, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for he will receive the crown of life. It's the blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he's approved, he will receive the crown of life. How many of you have a Bible that has, like, the red letters where Jesus speaks? Okay. Uh, Typically, um, where do you see those red letters? In the Gospels, yes. They are used in other places, but I'm going to read some of the words of Jesus from the last chapter of the Bible, it's Revelation 22:12, Jesus speaking. He says, "Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. At the return of Jesus Christ, we who are saved, are going to be caught up to be with the Lord forever. But also at that time, there are going to be rewards that are given. And I'm going to read Revelation 22, 12, so it will help us answer this question. On what basis will those rewards be given? Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to render to every man according to what he has done. On what basis are these rewards that Jesus speaks about given based on what you have done? Just to clarify, when we talk about salvation, okay, we use the word salvation. We are referring to the fact that when Jesus died on the cross he died to pay the penalty for our sins so that because of his death on the cross our sins could be forgiven that's kind of summarize as w- that summarizes what we mean by the term salvation in the bible salvation is never called a reward never what is uh an appropriate word for our salvation. Gift. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our wo- our Lord. What is the difference between a gift and either a, an award or a reward? Rewards are earned. Awards are given in res- in... Return for something that you've achieved. So, we just went through graduation weekend for a lot of people, and uh, Christy and I went to our, our grandson's graduation up in Sayo, and a couple days before graduation, they had an awards ceremony. And they gave out awards to the students, but they didn't just give them out to everybody and anybody. The students that got rewards earned the rewards, usually through either athletic accomplishments or academic achievement. When Christ returns, he says his reward is with him, and he's going to give to each man, woman or or person, according to the deeds that they have done. These crowns that we're speaking of here may be the reward, some of the rewards that he is referring to. There's uh, some question among people. Are these actually rewards for doing something, or is this something that everybody gets, every believer? Are they rewards for the Christian, or are they going to be given to every believer? And uh, because some people will take uh, like the crown of life and they'll kind of what they mean by that is the crown, which is life. Or when Paul says on that day, the Lord, the righteous judge is going to give me the crown of righteousness. Is he merely saying he's going to give me the crown, which is righteousness. And so you can actually see it that way as well. And that that's going to that's going to give you maybe a different viewpoint of it. Jan. Yes, a lot of um, uh, I'm looking for a word that's acceptable in society today. I'll use the old word that I'm familiar with. A lot of the cults. All right. Cults are groups that claim to be Christian, but they deny the very fundamental orthodox doctrine of Christianity for the last 2000 years among those who are in groups like that, their view of salvation, they get it mixed up with rewards. Their view of salvation is, and this is pretty much across the board, you earn your salvation by how good you are. You earn it. That's, that's. I mean, let's face it, that's how we do awards, isn't it? That's how we do rewards. So... um So our grandson got a uh, got a got a a number of awards at his awards assembly, but he he had to earn them, all right, and and uh, that's the difference between well here's so on on Wednesday night he got awards, but on Friday he graduated. And a bunch of different people gave him money. On what basis? Were those gifts, or were they rewards? If they came from family, they were primarily gifts. Now still, you're graduating, and so you're kind of being rewarded for graduating. But gifts are not earned. Gifts are not necessarily deserved. Gifts are gifts. And so Jan, you're, you're right. Whenever they see this phrase, according to a man's works, they assume that we're talking about the issue of salvation, which the Bible isn't talking about. So these crowns can be rewards of some kind in which you are saved by the blood of Christ, as we all are, but there are some believers who, because they have been maybe more faithful in their walk with the Lord, or done more for the cause of Christ out of, a, out of a heart for the Lord who in the kingdom of God will somehow be rewarded with something that's maybe different than what other people would get. There is no question in the New Testament that the believers will receive rewards for their deeds. If you turn in your Bibles to 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 3, we can uh, look at an example here, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8. We'll just start with verse 8. Now, Paul says, actually, the I- I- if we begin in 6... Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then, 1 Corinthians 3, 7. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. You See that? Each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. And so, uh, and this is talking about believers here, and each believer is going to get his own reward according to his own labor. Rewards for labor. Now, why does God do that? Why does God give rewards for labor? Justice, okay. Okay. Remember what Paul said uh, when he said, um, "In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, shall award to me, not only award to me on that day." Okay, so that's a part of it. Just justice. Is there another word? Any other words? Okay. Well, that's enough then. Uh, he blesses us with rewards. He doesn't have to. There's a lot of parables in the Gospels where Jesus talks about how. Remember the 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 parable of the talents. You know, one sent out with ten, he made ten more, and and the d- different ones were rewarded differently. These crowns may be among the rewards. And if you were to read, continue reading in first Corinthians three, it goes on to talk about how our works are actually going to be tried by fire by the Lord. And some of them are going to get burnt up in the last days and there's nothing left for you to be rewarded for. But then there will be other things that are described with the analogy of being made of wood. I mean, of gold, silver, and precious stones. And you put those, fire to those, and, and they remain. Uh, so that, that rest of Chapter 3, if you're interested in this whole concept of rewards, that's probably the primary passage you want to go to. So these crowns may be rewards for those believers who persevere during trials. The crown of life. I don't, I don't I don't know what it looks like or what it would, you know, but this crown of life, the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory. However, there's another possibility that I would like us to look at this morning. So if we go back to James 1.12, let's look at this verse again. And let's look at it closely. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, for once he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life. So who gets the crown of life in James 1.12? The one who perseveres and has been approved. Anybody else get that crown. which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now that really expands the, the object of that reward, doesn't it? How do we, is, are we talking about two different groups? We're we talking about the same group? How would you, when you look at this verse, the Lord has promised the crown of life to those who love him. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, but for once been approved, he will receive the crown of life. Can we put those two together? Those who love I would do it this way. Those who love the Lord are also those who persevere through trials. Okay. Um Okay? Okay? Now, let's look at the other crown of righteousness in 2 Timothy 4 8. Let's go there. Yes, Joe? Okay, well I'll I'll come back to that. I've got a verse I got a verse that says something related to that, Joe. Here's Second Timothy four eight. In the future there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day. Who's the crown of righteousness awarded to? Paul. For what? I've finished the course, I've kept the faith. But notice, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved is appearing. See again, that greatly expands it. I'm looking at these crowns as applying much more broadly than just a select few. Who receives the crown of righteousness? all who have loved Christ appearing. And what did James 1.12 say? Who receives the crown of life? God's promised it to those who love him. James 2.5 says, Has not God made the poor rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised? To those who love Him. And so we have some promises that are made to those who love the Lord. Can you think of any other verses or promises that relate to getting something for loving the Lord? Or just talk about loving the Lord? Yeah, that's right. Well, and there's there there's people uh even here among us that are kind of new to faith and they're trying to, you know, they're they're learning about it. And maybe they're not even able to say right now that, yeah, I love the Lord. Uh, uh you know, uh, the you come to love the Lord especially as you begin to recognize all that he's done for you. And so that's a, it's a growing thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've had tribulations. Yeah. <laughs> I want to read a verse that relates back to what Joe said about what did you say about loving the Lord? Oh. Then then what? You don't get a reward? 1 Corinthians I'll I'll read this for you. It's pretty short. And it's really to the point. 1 Corinthians 16:22. If anyone does not love the Lord, he's to be accursed. Ouch. <laughs> if anyone does not love the Lord, he's he's to be accursed. Um can we, anybody want to quote Romans 8:28? Hey if you don't love the Lord, Paul says, You're to be accursed what did, what 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 do we do with that? Are cursed, so not only do they not get rewards. <laughs> now, I would say this, though, and this goes back to what Randy said loving the Lord is a growing thing. When you first come to know the Lord, the personal element maybe isn't as deep as it is as you continue in your growth uh, and knowledge of the Lord. But those who love the Lord and those who love the Lord's return are going to be among those who receive the crown of life and the crown of righteousness. And according to James, they'll inherit the kingdom. Life, righteousness, and the kingdom are three things that are promised to all believers in Jesus Christ. And so... Rather than looking at these crowns as individual rewards, though you can do it that way, um, I'm going to kind of broaden it to include all believers are the recipients of the righteousness of Christ, the life of God, and they will inherit the kingdom of God. All believers. But let's go back to James 1.12 for a moment to look at that one phrase that I tried to cross out but really it's pretty important. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial for once he has been approved he will receive the crown of life. Once he has been approved. Now Are there any translations that don't have the word approved, but use a different word? Stood the test. Okay. I I like that because it takes us back. It's the same word, and it takes us back to James 1, verses 2 and 3. The testing of your faith. And that word testing is this word approved. The testing of your faith. What does it produce? It produces this perseverance, this endurance. Perseverance is the proof. uh, Here's my summary statement of the whole thing. Perseverance is the proof of a genuine faith. When hard times come, if you have a genuine faith in the Lord that faith will sustain you through those hard times. Not to say that we're not going to struggle and we're going to take maybe two steps forward, three steps back, but over a lifetime, your faith will sustain you. In other words, by sustaining you, I'm meaning you will keep your faith during all of those difficult times. Turn to First Peter 1.6. It's just like the next book over there. Yes, Joe? Yeah, it's not the perseverance of the flesh; it's the power of the Lord that gives us the strength to persevere. Now, it's interesting that the word "persevere" is never used with regard to the Lord. Do you know why that is? He's in, He's never under any pressure. There, there's there's nothing that can be thrown against the Lord that would cause him to slow down or you know, he just he, he he does according to his will in the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. So perseverance is something that we use down here, but it's by the power of the Lord, and it's based on our faith. The proof of a genuine faith is perseverance. 1 Peter 1.6. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, there's our words, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. This 1st peter Peter's got the very same words that we see in James because they're talking about the same thing the proof of a genuine faith in these passages here. There's a number of proofs, but we're talking about the ability to persevere. What did Paul say to introduce, you know, the the crown that he was going to receive? He says, I've kept the faith. What does that describe? I've kept the faith. I finished the course. I've run the race. I've kept the faith. He persevered. His faith persevered. Yeah, Brian? yeah yeah it's it's we're we're on this learning journey you know and uh but the th- when it when it when the james verse says to those who have been approved what's being approved it's our faith it's the proof of our faith is it genuine or is it not Tim Yes, we don't we, we're not defined by our scars, are we? So uh, Brian brought up a good point about Peter, who denied the Lord on those three occasions. And if you remember, Jesus actually told Peter ahead of time that that was going to happen. Here's what Jesus said to Peter beforehand. He says, "Peter, Satan has requested permission to sift you like wheat." But I have prayed for you, and do you know what the Lord prayed? That your faith fail not. You see, perseverance is really all about faith. It's all about, do I trust the Lord? Am I putting my trust in the Lord as I go through this trial? Is my faith genuine so that I'm not going to give it up when I go through difficult times? the book of Revelation, when it talks about those believers who were going to be given the crown of life, what did Jesus say to them? Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. This blessing that comes to those who persevere uh, over uh, tribulations and trials is actually a blessing, I believe, that comes to every believer in Jesus Christ who has that genuine faith because that genuine faith is going to sustain them. Here's an example of those who do not have a genuine faith. This is from the parable of the soils in Luke 8. Those on the rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and they have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. And then later on, in the same parable, Jesus describes the good soil. The seed in the good soil, these are the ones who've heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. So the good soil upon the word of God fall uh, that falls, that makes it good, is that the word is held fast and we bear fruit with perseverance. There is a vain faith. In other words, there is a belief that does not save. And it's described here in Luke 8. They believe for a while, and in time of trial, they fall away. Paul, in describing the gospel to the Corinthians, says this, that the gospel is that Jesus died for our sins, according to the Scripture, and was buried and rose again three days later, according to the Scripture. And And then Paul says this, This is the message by which you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. We're talking about people who embrace the Lord for their salvation, but then they discard their faith at the first sign of trials or tribulations. Paul, in writing to Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 3.5, he says, For this reason, when I could endure it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. For fear that the tempter may have tempted you, and our labor would be in vain. Hebrews 3.6, Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast. Our confidence and boast. We become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast. The beginning of our assurance firm until the end. Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you the crown of life. So this, this blessing that James gives is to encourage suffering believers that their suffering is not going to be in vain and, in fact, will be rewarded. When undergoing trials and hardship, it's your faith in Christ that's going to sustain you and empower you to persevere and you grow stronger by it. Here's the way one person I I read this somewhere and wrote it down if your faith is only good in the good times it is no good at all if it is only good when you don't need it then you don't need it true faith will sustain you when things go wrong that faith comes from the Lord Jesus Christ and it doesn't release you from the pain of the hardship that you're going through but your faith is what's going to sustain you and it will actually grow stronger as a result of the hardship so give you an example so Phil here lifts weights how long have you been lifting weights Phil 24 years so his wife keeps taking him on these vacations All right, and so he doesn't get to lift for like maybe a month at a time. And when he comes back to lift, he's kind of got to start not all over again, but he's have to start with lighter weights until over time you get stronger and you lift more weight. And Chris and Heidi, so did you ride last week your bikes? How far? 118 miles. <laughs> How long have you been riding? Uh <laughs> How long would it take someone to have the endurance to ride 118 miles if they'd never practiced? Not practiced. Uh, trained. Trained for it. Anybody want to try it? I won't even drive 118 miles a lone ride. Perseverance is an expression, an indication of our genuine faith. That faith is going to be rewarded by the Lord when he returns. And so when you're kind of struggling through the hard times, you know, and you're fighting against... I mean, let's face it, why do we need perseverance? Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers and spiritual fi- places that you can't even see. But the fact that you can't see them does not mean that they're not real. And so perseverance, it's a struggle and it's a fight and, and, you're, and you're, you're going against the wind, if you will. But it's your faith in Lord Jesus Christ that's going to sustain you, and you'll get stronger the next time you go through it. One of the most important words in the Hebrew Bible is a word called it, it's a it's pronounced chesed. It's that it's that German C H sound chesed. It's a covenant word. It's a word that means when two parties came together and they made a covenant or a treaty. That treaty was based on loyalty. And this word, it's translated in our Bibles typically, loving kindness, is a word that's used of the Lord's relationship with us. And it has two elements to it, loyalty and love. And that's how the Lord is related to us. He's related to us by the blood of the new covenant And he is characterized by both loyalty and by love. And so our privilege in return is to love him back. Because John says we love him because he first loved us. Okay. Father God, we just are grateful for the opportunity to reflect on the power that our faith can provide when hard times come. Lord, would you make sure that no one here misunderstands our faith is not going to prevent us from suffering. It's not going to prevent us from pain. And it's not going to prevent us from struggle. But what our faith will do is it will sustain us to the end. Because you are the object of our faith. Our trust is in you. Our hope is in you. Lord, for all those this morning in our gathering here today who right now are going through hard times, let their strength and let their hope be in Jesus Christ and not in the flesh. So that, may, so that they may grow stronger through the trial and not be blown away by it. We pray in Jesus' name.